episode of the Rebel Radio Podcast, man. And, uh, and you know, I've been on vacation this week, but it kind of uh, it kind of feels like it's been long, but also went kind of quick because I feel like we just recorded my birthday episode, and here we are again recording. Yeah, it feels like it, yeah, the birthday adventures. You know? Yes, uh, it feels like it just it just flew by since last week. I know. Uh, I mean, I still have yeah, three more days like before I have to go back to work, but it does feel like it kind of went by kind of quick. That's time flies when you're having fun, man. You know, those vacations, they, they go by faster and faster. Yeah. I got some things done. You know, I got some, the kids, some new clothes bought and uh, I haven't done school supplies yet because I'll do those at my own work where I can just count on them. And, and, um, but you know, I got some things done and and, uh, we, we hung out and celebrated me getting a year older and they had a good time last night. And, uh, I'm still recovering. Man, my right elbow it hurts a little bit from bowling. You know, it's like I felt trying to get that little spin action yeah, in I there. I felt it when I woke up this morning. I'm like, oh, why is my elbow hurt? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm too fucking old to be bowling. <laughs> but uh, oh man, I gotta watch, dude. We are in the process of our three episode run here of like kid friendly back to school session episodes. I gotta watch my language a little bit. So I apologize early on there for that. Episode. Oh yeah. These are our kid from the episodes <laughs> these next three weeks. And uh, so, so if I do drop a bomb, uh, I apologize. You know, I don't know how many children yes. are listening to it. Other than my, my nephew occasionally likes to listen to the show, but, uh, but yeah, we are in a kind of a mini trilogy of just a uh, family friendly, kid friendly, fun films. And, uh, you know, next week is going to be our, our back to school special episode and it'll, it'll be a fun one. And it kind of uh, kicks off today with a with an animated film from uh, Studio Ghibli, so it should be a, it should be a good run of episodes here over the next uh, three weeks or so. And then we'll do some uh, fun stuff, including Matt's birthday pick, and then uh, then we'll get into the scary stuff for Halloween and Halloween horrors, and where Matt makes me watch movies that want me to pee, pee pee myself. Yes, just a little bit of pee. That's how you know it's a good movie. Yeah. Oh man, I can't forgive you for making me watch <laughs> Hellraiser again. <laughs> still have nightmares on that one it is it is pretty graphic man the skin know. the skin getting pulled off people you I know think i have more nightmares about y'all making me watch robin Hood men in tights where the guy falls in the water <laughs> in the little creek and says I'm, I'm drowning i'm like what this is yeah. <laughs> that, that, was, that was bad <sighs> that was bad but anyway anyway so yeah man um but again i appreciate you fellas, you and Matt, well, you are Matt and Long and Frank, our other former co-host, and my brother John, and hanging out and doing a little birthday celebrating last night. It was good times. It was fun, man. We all had a good time. Just you know, being being dudes, getting the crew, and, the crew yeah. together. And, yeah, man. And we, we talked a little bit. This is a very very early tease, but we realized that in May, uh, Rebel Radio is going to be ten years old. And uh, wow, and. Uh, well, ten years old in the podcast format. It's much older than that in the old format. But uh, yeah, so we were we did some a very very early pre planning for the tenth anniversary episode that'll happen. Yes, today, late April, early May of next year. So, but uh, that's a huge early teaser. But we got a lot. We got to get through the rest of twenty twenty three right now. Yeah, we're, we're talking about it. That. So yeah, um, but man, uh, so man, I um I went and saw a movie last weekend. Took the kids and. Uh, you already saw this movie, and, and you were a little unfairly harsh, I think, on it just because they changed a little bit of lore in the film, and we talked about this last night at the restaurant. And mm-hmm. uh, all I'm going to say is use a bitch because uh, <laughs> it's not that big a deal. It's okay to have modern incarnations of characters and change things a little bit. And uh, to me, 
And that movie is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, the new animated film from Paramount Nickelodeon Studios and and Seth Rogen um, and his produ- production studio. And uh, man, this was a lot of fun. This movie, it's it's a uh, it's a blast, man. It's from start to finish. I laughed. <laughs> I, I legitimately enjoyed the crap out of it. Um, minor lore changes aside, I you know it didn't bother me. I like I said, I think there's always room for different incarnations of characters. And the essence of the I started thinking about last night or after we talked about it, the essence of the characters was still there. And that's what matters. I think at the end of the day, um, you know, um, I don't think they changed the essence of the characters really all that much to, to who, you know, what they, they are as far as different versions of the turtle story. And I think that's, what's important. And, and I, I did think though, you know, I started thinking, you go back and read like the early Ninja Turtle comics where they're very dark and gritty, but Man, those turtles in those books are cracking teenage jokes left and right, despite being dark and gritty. And I thought Rogan and his team pulled that part off really well. Like, they're cracking jokes. They're being funny. Uh, yeah, it's not overly dark because it's a more modern uh, cartoon version for kids. But that's okay. I think, and that's why I started thinking about it. Seth Rogan did his homework. You can tell he's read every version of the turtles. And I thought he did a good mix of all the different versions in it, as far as their attitudes and the way they, they work and handled things. Um, and uh, I love the nods to the, uh, the original series and things like that. I think they did a really good job with it. Um, I also, uh, had no problem with April being who she was. I've already read complainers complaining about how they made April. I don't know how they, she's woke. I read that they made April woke. I'm like, wait, what? Just well, how is she woke? Cause she's black. Who cares? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I, mean, I didn't get that. I mean, she was fine. Uh, I thought, I think the voice work sold the movie for me. I mean, they use real teenagers for the voice work, and and they're good, all of them. They they really do a good job in the film, um, and, and I think that's what made it work, man. The voice work sells the characters on screen, and, and it was really well done, um, you know. And it was just a fun movie. I mean, is it better than Spider Man? No, um, you know, but I still liked it a lot as far as the animated film. Um, what was the other animated film that came out this year that we talked about? Mario. Oh, Mario. I like yeah. it better than the Mario Brothers movie because to me, like I enjoyed the Mario Brothers movie for nostalgic and being a Nintendo fan and stuff like that. But the Mario Brothers movie is pretty kind of like kind of plain, you know, it's, it's standard yeah. kind of like follows a standard format. Yeah, it's okay. You know, it was all right. And, uh, and then like, uh, I, I think I said, Luigi becomes an afterthought for half the movie and it's called the super Mario Brothers movie. But, you know, it, but I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. You know, but I just, uh, I thought Mario could have been better than it was. Um, and I've, re- I've, the kids have watched it numerous times since. And, uh, the more I watch it, I see things in it. are like, uh, okay, that, you know, could have been better. Like, like doesn't Mar- hold up as much. Yeah, like Mario's not funny. Like he's just this kind of buffoon in it in some ways. And, and he doesn't really get confidence till the very end. And I know that's supposed to be the point, but I'm just kind of like, I don't know. He feels like a bumbling idiot through most of the movie. And, uh, and princess Peach is like this badass, you know, and all that. And, and I don't know. It was okay. And, you know, the more I watch it, the more I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, it's not as good as I thought it was. You know, I can start to see the critics' points and what they said about it. No, it doesn't mean I didn't still enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. You know, I did enjoy watching Mario. Um, but I see, I start seeing the points. And sometimes it takes a few viewings to see the points of what critics said about it. You know, but uh, but Ninja Turtles was a blast, man. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, the only other thing I watched, um, I'm, I'm trying to finish season two of The Bad Batch and. Man, I am telling you, Matt, you've got to get on that show, man. Don't sleep on it. It's some of the best Star Wars. This last episode I watched, episode 12 of season two, 
man, it is uh, maybe one of Filoni's best he's ever written. Okay. Uh, it it deals with um how the clones are treated in the aftermath of the war and, and an evil imperial lieutenant who basically treats them like trash. Um so I don't want to say I wouldn't say race it's not really racism. What is that if you're treating them um like prejudice? Prejudice, yes. Yeah. Um towards they discover the armor for the new stormtrooper program that's coming and the clones realize, oh, they're just using us, and they have to deal with this evil lieutenant. And it's just—I don't want to say too much. I want to spoil it, but it's just so fantastically told in the way the episode plays out. And I'm like, I was so drawn in. I was like, wow, this is animated, and Filoni is doing the Lord's work. I mean, it's man, really well. Filoni, man, he—he like, he does an awesome job with everything he touches. Yeah. I mean, you watch that the final, story that final season yeah. that aired on Disney Plus of the Clone Wars. From there, made you want more Bad, all through Bad Batch. Well, Bad Batch is an extension of that, and it's just so good, man. And um, and I highly recommend getting to the Bad Batch, man. You got to get the time to start watching it. But that's about all I really watched this week with a short week here since we just recorded on a Friday. Nice, yeah. Um, I checked out Twisted Metal, I had almost forgot that it came out and played the video games on yeah. PlayStation with my cousin. I think I closed my Peacock right now because I wasn't using it. But I'm waiting for yeah. I'm waiting for next month. I'm going to renew it to watch the continent. There we go. I mean, you gotta watch. The uh, I, I like it. I like uh, Anthony Mackie. He's good in the in the uh, in the film. I didn't realize or in the film in the series. Yeah. Uh, I watched the first episode, um, so I'm only one episode in. Neve Campbell's in it. I didn't realize Neve Campbell was in it, and she's good. I like seeing her again. You know, haven't seen her since uh, you know I watched Wild Things and and Scream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wild yeah. Yeah. When we but, our, when we had our Patreon yeah. going, we should have did Wild Things on Patreon. We should have, man. That movie is just so like, like it's a bad, it's, it's a good bad movie. It's yeah, some great memorable scenes in it. It does. You've got even with the ones with Kevin Bacon in it, you know, at the end. Okay, excuse me for ten funny. minutes. I'll be back. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, I, you're like, hold on, I gotta, I gotta re- relive these scenes <laughs> from Wild Things. Oh man, like, yep, that's what all. Uh, that's what the Vatican style assassin was. Was <laughs> it got him going, old Charlie? But um, but yeah, uh, watch Twisted Metal. Um, there's a lot of callbacks to the game. Um, the, uh, lady who, uh, I, I don't know the actress's name. She played echo, um, and the Hawkeye, uh, TV series uh, on Disney plus, And she was at comic Palooza. Uh, she is, um, I, I forget who drove the hearse. I'd have to, I'd have to, rem- I don't remember like Axel and striker inspector. And of course, uh, sweet tooth. Um, but the, uh, the driver who, who drove in the hearse, she's kind of like with him. And even though they don't really, okay, so you know, real briefly, because I I've, I know what the game is, and I think I played it once or twice. Yeah, how did they turn this? How did they make a plot for this? Because if I remember right, the game is just like demolition derby. Yeah, that's basically all it is. So in the series, the world is like it looked like there's some kind of uh, apocalyptic event, and so towns trade with each other. There's like new Chicago, uh, new Los Angeles, new San Francisco. And so he works as a courier that goes from city to city. He transfers uh, like medicine and he does it in exchange for payment, 
which is usually in form of a gift and gasoline. Um, and everyone's got like guns mounted on their vehicle in some aspect. They, they all have a Mad Max style show. Mad Max, but with like, you know, but, but with Fast and the Furious kind of like combine those two things uh, and, and throw in uh, a very funny and charismatic uh, Anthony Mackie. And it, are, it's, it, it's entertaining. I like it. Are they um, releasing an episode a week or is it all out? I think it's already all out. Uh, I think Peacock just released everything. It must only be like a few episodes. In. Yeah. Uh, people are already po- uh, showing like five, six episodes in. Mm-hmm. So they've, it's got to be all on there. Uh, but, you know, um, it's just at the point where they're going to uh, encounter Sweet Tooth. I've saw I've seen some clips leak already, and uh, sweet, sweet Sweet Tooth looks uh, sort of over the top, like he's going for that over the top thing, but just not quite over the top. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how his you know character is kind of played out and portrayed. Um, but Mackie, he's not based off of anybody in the in the games at all. Hmm. Uh, you you've got a couple people in there like. Uh, well, you imagine a game like that where it's mostly demolition derby. You had to probably create some sort of protagonist for the show. Yeah, like the the person that was the cop um, that was in the cop car. He's like this police officer that runs another like a big band of police officers, and he deals like you know vigilante justice but he's still in like uniform even though there's like not a real law agency out there but he just tries to you know hunt down criminals on the side of the road he don't care what the crime is he'll kill them they're like oh vandalism you're dead you know murder you're dead too (laughs) it's like everyone gets the same punishment (laughs) so he's uh he's nuts um but it's uh, it looks promising. I'm gonna try and watch a few more uh, next week and and give you a rundown on those. But um, other other than that, Quake. I saw Quake came out again. Like they just re released uh, Quake Two. I don't know if you ever played that on on PC, but it was a uh, yeah. It's basically almost like a like a Doom ripoff like a, it's a Doom, kind of. Yeah, it's another Doom game. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I remember playing Quake Four Arena. And I thought that was like really cool, um, so I, I downloaded it, played it a little bit. Well, your homework for this week is to get back in your Babylon Five journey. It's me and Long gave you a hard time about that last night. So yeah, I'm still stuck on. I made good progress, and then you know I pumped the brakes well, again, so I got to get back anim- on it. The new the new animated film comes out next week, and I have it on order, so I will have a report on that next week. On the animated film. Ooh, I got to get caught up. Try and see if I can get to the end of season two at least. That's right. So get going. Or else, get going. Or else, um, yeah, man. I'm gonna. Have, I, I will. Like I said, next month when uh, the Continental hits Peacock, I'll renew it so I can watch the Continental main series, and maybe I'll check out some Twisted Metal. Yeah, man. I do just, it. I I re- just recently closed it because I wasn't using. I'm like, why am I have Peacock? I'm not even using it. I was so I was fixing to get charged the next five ninety nine or whatever. So I just canceled it for a month. And, uh, but definitely we'll have to watch the John Wick spinoff when that comes. Um, ready to do a little news? There's not much. I'm ready, man. Let's do the news. Hollywood strike's still going on, so it's uh, not a lot to talk about. This news is going to literally take us three minutes to get through. Wonder Woman 3. Gal Gadot talking it up last night, saying um, 
you know, she's going to develop with James Gunn, and now Warner Brothers is like, eh, not so fast. Strangely, though, there's still Ooh. no official comments from James Gunn or Peter Safran. Um, but Warner Brothers, I guess, I guess in a PR move, they had to slow people's expectations. Maybe they just felt they okay. Need to say like, hey, this, you know, don't take what she's true said is true. Um, don't look now, too far now into it. For a report next week where James Gunn and Peter Safran come out and say, well, you know, we might be talking about it. So it's kind of like a back and forth thing here. Because um, <laughs> I mean, I started thinking about this. It, you know, it sucks that Henry never got his second Superman film. But if if you're going to keep any characters for the new DCU to go with the new Superman, it just she makes the most sense, I think. Yeah, because she had the most widely successful film and arguably one of the best of the DC films um, in the first one. Uh, people love her in the role. She loves playing the role. Just the things she's done for little girls across the world and inspiration for them. It just feels like she's earned it, and I hope that. They're able to work it out somewhere. She's um, able to come back. You know, so we'll see. Um, this is how slow the news is that I put this on the news. For you people <laughs> that still watch movies on cable television, and there's still a few of you out there, if you haven't seen Matt Reeves' The Batman, you will be able to this October. It's going to premiere on TNT. Um, really? So, yes. That, that's for these people out there that still don't have HBO Max, Netflix. They watch old school cable television. Which means they're probably not fucking listening to a podcast, but you never know. Uh, you never know, man. So if you still are an old school TV watcher, TNT still premieres blockbuster films, and the Batman will be available to watch in a couple months. And I should, and we're, it's all DC news today. That's it, man. Um, David Iyer has been on um, Twitter a lot this week uh, because a a picture of Jared Leto as the Joker popped up and claiming that it was from his cut that was uh, never seen. Um, and I confirmed it was, but that it wasn't a new image. The image had already been released. And he uh, kind of said he did have a conversation with James Gunn and James Gunn told him, Hey, your cut's going to get, have its time. We're going to come around to it. But right now let's get the DCU started. So I don't know how you take that. Maybe Gunn is aware, but yeah, he wants to get the DCU going first and maybe we'll finally get the Iyer cut of suicide squad in a couple of years. Um, and I hope it's good when it does come out because Iyer has really played it up with his talking stuff about how much better his cut is. So uh, we will see if that's actually true or not when it arrives. So we'll find out. Because if anything, David Iyer's Suicide Squad, I did enjoy Harley and some of the other performances in it. So Yeah, it, ha- maybe, it has maybe. some good performances, just kind of a, a little bit of a mess. Yeah, well, they well they cut it and they turned it into, into a... Uh, fast-paced action film where Iyer said there's a lot more character stuff with the Joker in it. The Joker is more fleshed out. Cause that was my biggest thing with it was like, you watch the dark Knight and you, within an hour of the film, you have Heath Ledger's Jokers, a fleshed out diabolical villain. You may yeah. not understand his methods, but you know that or Jared Leto's Joker is just like this gangster with no background. There's no, uh, and it just kind of pops in and out, yeah, you know, apparently a lot of that stuff was in the higher cut. So we'll see. You know, and Jared Leto was talked about it too, how he filmed a lot more scenes of the Joker. So we'll find out. Um, but that's it for the news. So on to today's featured film. Um, the first, like I said earlier, our three animated films are it's August. So lots of kids are going back to school across the country and the world. And, uh, you know, a lot of kids in our, our area are already going back. Our kids don't go back for a couple more weeks to the district. Yeah. 
couple uh, more so, weeks. So we're doing some fun kid-friendly films, and we're going to kick that off this week with a film from uh, Hero. I always say his name wrong. I, I got to get this right. I can't fuck up. Ooh, oh, well, there I did. I dropped another bomb. <laughs> Forgive me there, children that are listening. Um, don't repeat that. Uh, the bad words that uh, Uncle Mark says on the podcast. Yeah, this is what not to do. <laughs> yes, this is what not to do. Um, Hayao, Hayao Miyazaki, and uh, you know, master filmmaker. You know, we've covered Spirited Away and Princess Mononoke, and and there's there's so many other of his films that he can uh, we could choose, and we chose this one because it was his a uh, this was his follow up to Spirited Away, which was a, a big film for him, and the, the expectations were high for this film, and. And he chose to, instead of doing an original script, he chose to adapt a screenplay and, and, and base it on a book. And that is Hal's Moving Castle. Um, as with a lot of Miyazaki films, it's difficult to summarize or describe the film. Um, but basically, Hal is a wizard that is mm-hmm. uh, kind of just doing his thing, you know, being doing wizard stuff. And he comes across a girl, Sophie, that he saves from some... Uh, overzealous soldiers that want to um, indulge in their, their business with her. Um, That's a nice way of saying it. And he saves her and, and uh, ends up um, bringing her eventually onto his, his moving castle. Um, In in the meantime, they're caught up in a war between what is the war? It's between, it's a little confusing. There's like two warring factions. Yeah. There's two, basically two warring factions. And and you see this a lot in Miyazaki films. Yes. You know, and his and, depictions of war and how is kind of caught up like both sides. I, from what I get, I kind of watched this theater. I've seen it before. I watched it the other day and I kept leaving the room. Um, is Hal's kind of caught up between both sides. They both want his services. Yeah. And, but Hal's not having anything of it. He just wants to do his own. He wants thing. to stay Switzerland, man. He wants to be neutral. Right. And he kind of gets caught up on the one side because he's kind of forced to. Um, and, so, because another witch casts a spell on Sophie that turns her basically old, and she starts kind of aging backwards throughout the film and becoming back her regular self, or so you think that she's de aging backwards. But it turns out that she's actually falling in love with Hal, and her love for Hal is having her turn her own curse. Um, and then there's some great voice work in this from Christian Bell, who plays Hal. Um, Billy Crystal, always wonderful to hear him, plays the. Uh, fire monster uh, thing that keeps Hal's castle running, you know, and, um, yep. Cal, Cali, uh, crap, Callus or Calcifer, Calcifer. Yep. Um, so as the film progresses, Hal's castle is kind of starts getting destroyed through the war. Cause they get caught up in the war and the battles and stuff like that. And, and Hal's mm-hmm. powers are somewhat fading on his own. He's trying to keep things together himself, but he's, he's stretching himself too far. And, and until Sophie, Sophie realizes it, that it's her love for him that's going to keep him alive and that his heart is basically shrinking because he's used all his powers. So Sophie's love has to help him find a new heart. And that's what happens at the end of the film. She recovers his heart and gives him um, her love to him. And it brings Hal back to life. And and uh, well, he never really dies, but he's fading, you know, and, and then yeah. they, they basically have their happy ever after. Um, and I, I'd probably summarize that. In a brief of a nutshell, but there's so much happening in this film that it's kind of you have to see it to pick it all. There's up. a lot, but it's basically that's what it is—a love story between two people. Um, in the book, uh, Sophie, you know, because she says, you know, uh, Hal's heart will beat for a thousand years and it will work. 
Um, so in the book, Sophie's power is whatever she speaks, it, it comes to be. Um, so when, you know, she says things about herself, like I'm just an old, you know, worthless woman. And she, she appears more older Mm -hmm. and more, and she, she gets more achy. Um, you know, she, uh, you know, she says things to the hats and the hats have an effect on the people that wear them. Like her, uh, her, uh, mother, um, in law, uh, she speaks to her hat and says that, or not mother-in-law, stepmother, um, speaks to her hat and says that you'll need to marry money. What happens later in the movie? Her, her stepmother marries money. Um, and her sister, uh, you know, she, one of her sisters is an apprentice at a bakery shop. Her other sister in the book is actually a, uh, went to go learn under a spellcaster, which is why when she first turns old, she says, I need to go find my sister when she actually goes and finds, you know, house castle. But that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. Whenever you realize what Sophie's power is in the book, it gives you a different outlook on Sophie. So Sophie's had magic this whole time. She's the one keeping herself old um, because she speaks down to herself and, and turns that hurt that own hurt that spell that was put on her. Mm -hmm. She enhances it in that aspect. And they allude to that in the film as she starts slowly believing in how and believing yeah. in the magic and stuff. And she starts de-aging and falling in love with him. So they never say she has powers, but they allude to that in a way. They do. You know, if you're watching the film, like, cause whenever I watched it for the first time and I didn't know, you know, what Sophie's character was in the book and how she was portrayed there. I was just like, okay, this is weird. I don't get how this, you know, spell works is how, you know, going to break the spell. You know, I know she can't talk about it, but like, what's going on here? Uh, Cause you know, why is she going, you know, back and forth through mm-hmm. her aging process? Uh, and I think, you know, whenever you find that out about Sophie, um, you, you look at the story a little bit different. You look at her journey a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, this is an interest, interesting film. Uh, you know, he, Miyazaki, I think he was approached by Weinstein to, uh, you know, have a, a bigger release in the States. Mm-hmm. And he, he didn't like Weinstein and, you know, he did, he acted like, uh, like he didn't care, you know, how much money it made in the States anyways, even though it still did pretty good. Right. Um, especially when you got, you know, Christian Bale and a couple of hunger games actors, um, and Billy Crystal, you know, on board too. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I recently watched this film, you know, this year, this is like the first time I've seen how's moving castle, mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year and then a, a rewatch for the show. And it's, it's gotta be my favorite Miyazaki film. Um, I think I still lean towards spirited away. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, yeah. Spirited away is good favorite. too. Um, that's the one that won the, the Academy award. Yeah. Spirit away is always my favorite, but w- one thing I do like about this is, uh, the buildup of this film, you know, it starts out, it's like spirited away throws you right into, things right away as she discovers the spirit house and all that. And then, and it just unfolds into a wonderful magical film where this film takes a little bit longer to build. But then when you get to those moments, the payoff of this film is extraordinary. We realize the whole time it's a love story and and you realize that Sophie has been doing this all for Hal and she didn't even realize it because she, and that's what a unconditional love is that she just started realizing that she loved this guy. 
or this wizard. And, uh, and so I think and the ending is uh, absolutely beautiful where she sees how childhood and what, how he turned into a wizard and all that. She sees all that. And, and through, um, and uh, yeah, Calcifer is able to take her through yeah. Hal's journey and I thought that and was, how he became. Yeah. And it parallels her own journey, you know, throughout what she was doing this time to save herself. And she sees how, Hal became this and, um, changed his childhood forever, you know? And, uh, and the film unfolds, like you said, it's based on a book and the movie unfolds like a good book. You know, it, it just tells the story that it's like, it unwraps layers throughout the film and the layers all pay off at the end as they are able to go off together. Um, it's, you know, a lot of his films are like that, like spirited away, you know, it's just, it's there. You think about most of his majorly well done films are journey films, you know, spirited away was a journey of the little girl, uh, Prince of Mononoke is the journey of um, the, uh, the warrior. Yes. And, 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 and now they don't always end happy because doesn't, he dies at the end of Prince Monoki, right? Yeah. Yeah, he does. His journey doesn't end well, but, but her journey ends well in spirit away and, and their journey and Sophie and Al ends very well for them. And, and it always ends different with Miyazaki film. Usually the, uh, the two main characters, you know, whether if they're, you know, opposite sex, it's like, they don't always, end up as like, you know, lovers, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, have finding true love with each other. It's not how it always ends up, but this film ends up that way mm-hmm. and it works. And the crazy you know, thing uh, is his movies are every time I watch them, they're just like, you, you think that his, he's going to go one direction and be a kind of a standard animated film. And not that his movies get weird or get complex, but he he just is amazing at throwing things at you that you don't expect. And they're full of wonder. Um, if that makes sense. I mean, spirit, yeah. like, you know, when spirit away starts out, she sees her parents turning into pigs and you're just like, what is going on here? But then you're yeah. at the point of the story and, and same like this, when she first goes into house castle, you're meeting all these different characters are in there and the scarecrow and the, and the fire and everything. And it, it throws you into this just amazing place. You're like, wait, what is going on here? And, and, but Miyazaki does such a good job of bringing it all together and just wonderful storytelling. And that's the magic that he instills. And for me, being older and in most of these films we discovered when we were older, because Miyazaki got his start in the late seventies and eighties, and a lot of his films didn't find American audiences till the nineties and two thousands. Um, this must have been what it was like for our parents discovering Disney films in the fifties and sixties. You know, imagine sitting in the theater for the first time and watching Snow White or Bambi or or any of those unfold on the screen for you. Uh, and then the sense of discovery and magic that Disney instilled in its films. And it was hard for us to understand that because we saw most of those movies when we were already older, but, but we've been able to appreciate and enjoy Miyazaki's journeys a little bit more because we've, um, we've grown up with his films like our parents did with Disney films, if that's fair to say. And, and I, and I hold his films in very high regard for that reason, because I think he does some amazing work and, you know, he just released his final film in Japan and, you know, they released it with very little fanfare, no hardly any promotion, but it was number one at the box office in Japan the first weekend. And wow. No, I, I don't doubt it. No news on American release yet, but it's, we know it's coming, you know? Yeah. He, what's unique about his films, I feel like is that he, uh, he has a very unique, uh, view on war. Obviously he doesn't like it. You know, right. he, you know, had to flee multiple towns, uh, with his father, uh, in, in World War II, and he even has a memory of of leaving a a woman and her child trying to hop in the same vehicle that they were in, but they had to leave her behind. 
And, uh, you know, of course, his, his father owned the aviation company that built planes for the war. So he loves planes. He loves flight. He even loves warplanes. He just doesn't like, you know, what war brings. Right. Um, so he has a very, very unique, uh, you know, stance on it that, that you see in the films um, that you're able to see. And there's always really, really cool flight scenes. I mean, when, when Hal takes off um, after, you know, they uh, encounter the wizard Solomon's uh, kind of, you know, pr- uh, sorceress that wants, you know, how to come back, but, you know, she's going to send, he's going to send Sophie, you know, and say that, you know, he's, <laughs> she's his mom or, <laughs> and that he, you know, my mom says I can't come out and play <laughs> or, you know, basically. And, uh, and how, you know, pops up and saves her and gets her out of there. Um, you know, and then, you know, him turning into the crow, um, is pretty cool. Very cool visually because, you know, the crow is synonymous with like horror and kind of dark. Um, some people argue that he's maybe a, uh, a, a Japanese beast. There's a Japanese beast in folklore, uh, that it's, uh, I, I can't pronounce the name, but it's, it's downfall. It's weakness is overconfidence, which is, you know, how's downfall. So a lot of people, uh, in Japanese culture feel like he's, you know, more closely related to that than, than a, a Raven. Um, but very cool flight from him. And, uh, he definitely stretches himself thin and he's very, very, very confident. doesn't always work out in his, in his, uh, the way he wants it to, but he's very, very talented, um, hell of a flyer. And, and he's got, he's got a big heart. Um, and he didn't always fill it with the right things. Um, which is, was the downfall of the witch of the weast. Mm. Um, which her character is very, very odd. She's always just kind of, she, when she's trying to climb up the stairs and she's just kind of like failing. And then she gets all like droopy after the, uh, after her encounter with uh, this uh, King Solomon's priestess or, or sorceress. She just takes the magic out of her and she just starts aging like crazy. Um Man, just a lot of a lot of really interesting characters and the food, you know, the foods I feel like is animated like a Ben and Jerry's cartoon, uh, you know, that steak that you'd always see in, in a Ben and Jerry's cartoon, yeah. big old hunk of meat. That's how the bacon looks like. And I'm like, man, I've never seen bacon like that. It's like they just freaking lopped off one side of the pig and, and threw it on a skillet. It's huge. It's massive. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's it's synonymous with a lot of. Uh, with Spirited Away's animation, for sure. I don't know about, um, you know, Castle in the Sky or um, uh, or maybe Kiki's Delivery Service. I think the animation is a little bit different uh, in those films. Well, it's still hand-drawn. It's just um, they, they use uh, – like Miyazaki is very – you know, he's very old school. They don't use hardly any CGI in any of his films, but they do – they have modernized as far as coloring. They do use digital coloring and stuff. And I think that's why the newer films are a little more vibrant might, might be yeah. a good way to see it. Where if you watch Kiki's delivery service or my neighbor to Toro, they're a little bit older and, uh, they, that looks more hand-drawn, you know, uh, as far as coloring. So it's fair to say, but I mean, that's yeah, he, the remarkable thing though, is about the fact that they still do hand-drawn animation. He would never give in to the CGI, you know, um, he still doesn't to this day, huh? He just, he believes in that hand-drawn style. I mean, he believes it's an art form. And, uh, and I think it, man, I can't imagine 
his films in CGI. It's something about the the art, the animation, and the colors, and the way it unfolds. It just it tells the story. I mean, yeah, I mean, imagine in, like Spirited Away, where where the uh, man, I can't think of the character's name, where the the boy turns into a dragon is flying across the water. I mean, yeah. just imagine that was CGI. It would take away from the beauty of it, you know. Yeah, it really would. I mean, it works for Dragon Ball Z movies, but right. it doesn't wouldn't work here. Not for something that's supposed to be more, you know, art, you know, more kind of like emotional, the emotional aspect. Um, I think maybe you uh, generate that a little bit better to what Miyazaki's trying to accomplish with the with the hand drawn style. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really like Christian Bale. He uh, he wanted so bad to be a part of this film that he was just like, I don't care what what role you give me. Uh, you know, I just want to be in it. And yeah, they gave him the lead. Yeah, yeah, and, he, and he's really he plays his voice work on Hal is uh, is almost it's it's low key Christian Bale. He's not doing Batman or this dark voice. He plays Hal with this calming effect. There's this boy who has power and can use it to do amazing things. But he plays Hal with this level of calmness throughout the whole thing, which despite this ordeal he's going through, being caught up in this war, trying to keep his castle going, trying to save Sophie and keep people alive, like you never see Hal ever get angry, ever get out of control. And I, and I think Bale did that on purpose. They wanted Hal to be level throughout this whole thing. It's more Sophie is a little bit chaotic because she's trying to figure out everything that's going on and how to <laughs> save Hal, how to save the castle. She's all over the place. But Hal is calm, cool, and collective throughout the entire film. You know, and it's and it's awesome. Um, but definitely a good film. Um, it was a nominee for for uh, best animated feature in, in the 06 Academy Awards. So it's he was, you know, chasing it again right after spirited away so even though he wasn't trying to make a huge impact in america i mean he was still you know he was still uh, gonna gonna get an academy award potentially for this film but uh good stuff man if you've never seen his films a lot of them are available on hbo max or max or whatever it's called now Uh, yeah now it's just max you'll do yourself yourself a favor to sit down and watch a studio ghibli or my my Miyazaki film if you want to start off light watch ponyo something real light kind of very very friendly and work your way up, you know, maybe Spirited Away, How's Moving Castle, and, and uh, Prince of Mononoke are a little bit deeper, a little heavier. You know? Yeah. But uh, but good films, all of them. Um, Nausicaa. I still need to see yeah. Wind Rises, his 2017 film. I haven't seen that yet. I need to watch it. I haven't seen that either. But, uh, I'm, I wonder if it's on Max. Yeah. But, uh, all right. Well, good stuff, man. Um, we're doing a we're doing we're, we're doing this week this month in pop culture history today. We're doing a little bit earlier in the month instead of the middle of the month because we've got something else planned for our back to school special next week. Um, so, Matt, what you got for us this month in pop culture history? Yeah, man. Uh, this month, pop culture history. Uh, Twenty four years ago, nineteen ninety nine, The Sixth Sense, starring Bruce Willis, uh, Tony Collette, and Haley Joel Osment premieres, and that's the first film where you know. That's he was a real workaholic in that film because he died and he still showed up for work. So that's dedication, man. He's still he's still working. He's dead. And he's like, well, still got to show up. You know, got a got a got a kid. He needs my help. You know that I've, I've said this before on the podcast. You know, I've only watched that movie like twice, and I've always thought it was okay. I never got the real huge deal of it. Um, 
you know, I, I, you know, I like, I prefer signs when it comes to Shyamalan's film. I really like signs a lot. Yeah. But, uh, six Sense is good. I like the big reveal at the end. Yeah. It's, you know, where, where he finds that you realize he's dead and then it, it just the whole time, you know, he's dead. And I, I just like that chilling factor you get whenever, you know, his mom doesn't believe him. Yeah. And then he's, he's like, uh, you know, he tells her, he gives a message to his, to his mom about his grandmother. He's like, you asked her, you know, you asked her a question on her grave uh, after she died. And her answer is all the time. He's like, what did you ask her? And she's like, I asked if, she, if I made her proud. Hmm. And I was like, man, I was like, but going on, uh, you can't, can't, can't go on about, Bruce Willis, even though he's great. Uh, 1940, uh, this this month in uh, pop culture history, in 1940, German occupiers in France imposed censorship on rules of film requiring approval prior to exhibition and forbidding depiction of German losses in World War One. So they're pretty, uh, they did not want themselves misrepresented. Uh, and there's you know. still uh, countries that do that, like China. Still censors things in their films, bad talking China, certain things. Uh, yeah, even yeah. you know, seventy years later, we still have countries that censors films. Yeah, man, they're like, hey, man, watch what you say about me. Uh, Twenty fifteen, this month, pop culture history: Muppets, Miss Piggy, and Kermit the Frog announced to end their relationship on Twitter. I thought that was really weird. Didn't realize it even <laughs> happened, and. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't even know. Um, saying, I don't even know what to say about that. Poor Kermit. I mean, or maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe Kermit's better off because I mean, this may be kind of a bitch, man. She, you know? I think so, man. Kermit, he seems like a chill guy. I mean, she's and always Ms. fucking Piggy. screaming about shit. Oh, my, here we yeah. go, cussing at the end of the show. Yeah. Always screaming about crap in the movies and always yelling at Kermit. So, man, maybe Kermit, maybe my boy, better off without her. You know? Yeah, I think so, man. You know, have some time to hang out with the boys, man. Yeah, had time to make sipping on some tea memes and stuff. You know. <laughs> 1991 this month pop culture history actor Gary Oldman is arrest, arrested for drunk driving. I know you say that's a long time ago. I guess you could say that story is old, man. No. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Derailed the show. Derailed it with the dad joke. I didn't realize that happened, but it's like, it's yeah, like, Oh, lots of actors he's, have been arrested. he's Gary Oldman, man. Yeah. Um, 06, uh, 2006 this month, actor Sylvester Stallone and former heavyweight champion contender Chuck Wepner set a lawsuit under in court for an undisclosed sum. Wepner claimed that he was the inspiration for the Rocky movies. I don't think that's true. I remember that. I thought he was discredited after a while. Yeah, I know the law. I remember the lawsuit happened, but I think eventually he was discredited. Um, yeah, I think he was. It was actually never Rocky Marciano. Yeah, and, and yeah. Sylvester had never even heard of the other guy, and I think he was discredited. One of those things where Sylvester had to give him some money to shut up. And, you know. Yeah. Um, I know our friend Carrie um, is, is a fan of the Beatles. This month, uh, 1965, uh, the, Beatles the, the monkey tape man. appearance. Oh, yeah, it's the monkeys. Yeah. I'm sure he likes the Beatles, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But they appeared on the Ed Sullivan show. This is the famous Ed Sullivan show appearance. You know, 65, man, 1965. Uh, you know, Beatles... 
I never was a Beatles guy, but I'm not, I'm not going to knock them like I do the Eagles. I still think the Eagles suck, but the Beatles, you know, <laughs> Beatles were fine for their time. You know, the Eagles, the Eagles get no love from you. Yeah, no, Eagles are boring ass fucking man. <laughs> um, so we were talking about the DC universe uh, earlier, and uh, I, I guess it's worth mentioning. Jason Momoa is uh, is 44 years old this month. That's it. For some reason, I thought 44. Like, maybe it was a little closer to 50. Dude's a man. I tell you what, Momo's a badass. He uh, is, you know, man. Gives him credit, man. He he's a badass. Uh, you know, that's all. Nineteen oh seven. Oh yeah, sorry. That's, that's all you gotta say. He's, he's a badass. Nineteen oh seven. Harry Houdini escapes from chains underwater in fifty-seven seconds at aquatic park in San Francisco, California. The great Houdini. That dude was something, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people. This day, of people speaking discredit, people have tried to discredit him over the years. Believe that it was all not real; it was all staged. But how do you prove something back then before you had cameras and things like that? You know, yet exactly. eyewitnesses and eyewitnesses said they saw it and it happened. So you know, guess you got to believe it. Can't argue with with eyewitness testimony. That's it. And man, we were talking about this the other day. This month, twenty eighteen, A Star Is Born, film remake directed and starring Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga. Premieres Venice Film Festival. Very good film. Very good I mean, film. Very, I mean, well acted, good performances. I mean, I, I was never Lady Gaga fan, so I saw that movie and was like, wow, she's she's legit. She's very good in the film. And Bradley Bradley's amazing in the movie. So. Yeah, man. He's, he sings pretty good. She wasn't going to let him get away without actually doing his own singing. Have you, have you seen the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he... Uh, Modeled his voice a bit off of Eddie Vedder and his and his, and his other voice off Sam Elliott. Then he found out that Sam Elliott was in the film, and he's like, "Whoa, wait, what?" <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so, and there's even an in joke in the movie that was done on purpose, where Sam Elliott's having you even stole my voice and all that, and that that was written in the script. Is but even though it's a serious moment in the film, it was kind of yeah a play on that. Um, yeah, Sam Elliott's trying to keep his ass alive. Yeah, but a but a good movie. I mean, a sad movie, but a really good movie. You know, yeah, very well done. Um, yeah. that's about it, man. That's all I got for, for pop culture history. Good shit, man. Good stuff. Sorry. So yeah. Let's preview next week's episode. It's next week's episode is our big back to school special. And I promise next week's episode, I'm going to watch my mouth. I promise because we are going to go back to school next week. We're, we're going to do a talk, a really fun movie. And we're going to do some, we're going to talk about what cartoons we would want on a Saturday morning next week and what kind of cereal we're going to eat. We're going to go back to school with you next week and talk about, our um, old school Saturday morning cartoons. And the movie we're going to discuss is um, the Lego Batman movie. It must be great to be Batman. Batman, we love you. Thank you. I'm blushing super hard under the mask. Batman. Pray God. Thanks, Batman. I can only imagine he's going home right now to party the night away, surrounded by friends and lady activewear models. Hey, computer. I'm home. I'm home. One is the loneliest number that oh, you'll ever do. Master Bruce, your greatest fear is snakes? No. Clowns? No. It's being a part of a family again. No, now it's snake clowns because you put that idea in my head. Sir, you need to take responsibility for your life, and it starts by raising the young orphan you adopted. Whee! I thought I was being sarcastic. Hello, secret camera. We built this city. 
What? It's the bat cave. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Look, it's the bat sub. Don't touch that. The bat zeppelin. Don't touch that either. It's the bat kayak. No. Do I get a costume? I love it, but these pants are just a little tight. I got an idea. It's better. I can only look you in the eyes right now. Hi, Batman. No way. Come catch your greatest enemy. Superman is my greatest enemy. Superman's not a bad guy. And I say that I don't currently have a bad guy. I am fighting a few different people. I like to fight around. Hi, Barbara Gordon, new police commissioner. It's my dream for the police force to team up with Batman. What? Wouldn't that be better? I hate everything you just said. I'm falling! Gotcha. Nice. Initialized master build. Got it. Here you go, Father. Yes, we did it. Pretty cool, huh? Why did you build this thing with only one sheet? Because uh, last I checked, I only had one butt. Let's go defeat the Joker. Woo! We're going on a family trip. I can wear my costume, too. Well, luckily for us, you left your costume back. <laughs> oh, nope, under your clothes. That's perfect. Yes. And uh, yes, we do our annual Christmas Batman movie, but that's okay. Sometimes we sprinkle Batman movies throughout the year because there's been a lot of them. And this is a really fun movie. I really like the Lego Batman movie a lot. Um, enjoy the heck out of it. I like the Lego movie, too, but... But I'm a Batman fan, so I like the Lego Batman movie a little bit more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, to be fair. So we're going to discuss that next week. Uh, good, fun movie. Easy to watch. It's available on Max to watch, I believe. And um, might be on a couple other streaming services. But uh, the Lego Batman movie on next week's show for our first ever back-to-school special episode next week. We've never done this before. So we're, we're going to have some fun next week. And, uh, and, and a really quick tease matt if you could pick just one cartoon you could watch every saturday morning what would it be Ooh, it would have to be i'd say spider-man all right fair enough i would yes. probably say batman the animated series since we're doing the lego batman movie but next yes. week we'll reveal our five cartoons we would watch on saturday morning and our favorite serials and other back to school rituals on next week's show but until then the rebel radio podcast.com for all your rebel radio needs Follow us on all the different apps to listen to the show and Twitter and our Facebook group and all that good stuff. Um, and But to continue to be safe, and we thank you as always for listening. Until next time, this has been Mark. This has been Matt. Remember, as always, just go there. Just and go it. there and do it. <laughs>